All right, it is seven o'clock on the nose. I know we have several people who are on their way here, so we're gonna go ahead and get started, uh, and then we'll, they'll join us when they join us. So I'm gonna go ahead and mute everybody. There we go. All right. Okay, so good evening, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Nice to see a couple familiar faces here. Um, so I'm just gonna give a brief background, tell you a little bit about myself in case you don't know me. Um, so my background um, honestly comes from the education field where uh, if you're not familiar with educators, they have a lot of meetings, okay? And, and the, the pandemic doesn't stop those meetings. So. Uh, I have 20 plus years in the education field, tons and tons of meetings. Um, my bachelor's degree and master's degree are in education I, and I'm finishing up my PhD degree, PhD degree in education as well. Um, but currently I am the owner and operator of Grow by One Leadership Development Company. So we help people understand who they are as leaders. Um, who they want to be, uh, the people that they want to serve, and how to be a good servant leader. So as part of that, really what we try to do is, um, you know, share as much free information as we can, uh, and that's why we're doing this webinar tonight. So um, tonight I really just want to add value to you, and hopefully this is going to help you understand how not to take Zoom hostages, okay? If, if I had one I guess, commitment for the rest of this pandemic time, it is to teach people how not to take Zoom hostages, okay? So I'm really hoping that a lot of my speaking and training friends out there are on the line with us tonight. So um, this is how it's gonna work. I am going to, uh, in, in just a few minutes, start to screen share. So of course, you don't have to show your video if you don't want. Um, I love the, the eternal sign for introverts is muted and no video, right? Um, so I'm going to share some information with you tonight. Absolutely, you're going to want to take some notes. And at the end, we'll open it up for Q&A, okay? So um, as I have traveled in my professional role, one of the things, and I don't even know how it really got started, uh, I, I started to be asked for my expertise, I guess, in running meetings. Um, maybe it was because I was running a lot of meetings at the time, and I really felt like I don't want to steal people's time. And so I have had worked with hundreds of, of leaders as my coaching clients, where I basically come in and I observe their meetings. I try to figure out, you know, why are you having not so good meetings and consult them as I'm training them how to have good meetings. So rather than me just coming in and figuring out what's wrong and telling you what to do, really coaching that leader through understanding the principles, many of the things that I'm gonna teach you tonight. Um, so it, I guess part of this webinar is really, if I can get more people out there doing these things, it frees me up to go and do other things that, that I absolutely love to do, okay? So, I got a question for you. Have you ever been in a meeting that could have been an email? If so, raise your hand. Okay, if you don't have your picture on there, you can still do your, your, uh, your what are they called, your reaction here. You can raise your hand, you can give a thumbs up, okay? 
All right, so you've been in a meeting that could have been an email. Have you ever been in a meeting that was really boring? Yes, like you wanted to poke your eye out to give yourself an excuse to get out of there? Yeah. Have you ever been in a meeting where the pattern was you might have started on topic, but within five or 10 minutes, you knew there's no point to this meeting anymore. I have, yeah. Have you ever been to one of those meetings where you knew that your, your boss or your supervisor, they were just having the meeting because they needed to check a box? Like they need to tell somebody I had this meeting? Yeah, okay. Have you ever been in a, in a meeting where, um, you know, you're talking about the issues and 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 you finally get to the end and you're like, oh, and there's no solution. Yes. Have you ever been in a meeting where you felt like your time was being wasted and you were a, a hostage? Yeah. Me too. I've been in all of those meetings and I've had the unique opportunity, I guess, to um, be coaching leaders who do that to their teams. So, um, you know, it, is it okay with you guys if I spend about, oh, 30, 40 minutes giving you some good tips and then at the end share an opportunity with you about how you could learn more? Is that okay? Is that cool? Awesome. Lots of thumbs up. Cool. Okay. So let me share my screen then. Oopsie, just a second. There we go. Okay. So the problem with meetings, here's the problem. Um, it's funny because as I was preparing for this, I was looking at my, I've got about four different piles of books on my desk here. Um, and at least one whole pile is probably just about meetings. So um, Patrick Lencioni wrote a book called Death by Meeting. I would highly recommend it. So he basically has done a bunch of research and he, he his, um, I guess, boiling it down into a two, two word sentence. He said, meetings stink. <laughs> so this professional that gets paid a lot of money to do research, he said meetings stink. Uh, Michael Hyatt, who wrote uh, No Fail Meetings, which is also a really good book if you're interested in it, he said that, um, you know, after he did a, a whole bunch of market research, basically 37% of meetings are unnecessary. Okay. And then Stephen, uh, I got to look at his name, Rogelberg. He writes for the Harvard Business Review and I'm blanking on his article title now. Um, but he has done a lot of research and he says that executives, um, so bosses, supervisors, that kind of thing, that they spend uh, an average amount of time per week, get this, an average amount of 23 hours a week in meetings. Can you imagine that? And he said, of those 23 hours, eight of those 23 hours mean nothing, okay? They're just unnecessary. So, so think about that. How many of you um, could, I don't know, maybe get, what, what could you do with an extra eight hours of time, right? How many of you would like an extra eight hours of time? If you would, go ahead and, and raise your hand or, or do one of the, 
the reactions there. Yeah, I would too. Okay. So the only thing worse than being in a meeting that is pointless is being the leader of a meeting that is pointless, right? Because not only is it wasting your time, but it's wasting your people's time as well. So I want to talk about um, a leadership principle here before I tell you tips and tools on, on meetings. So John Maxwell, who is my business partner, and he's my mentor and my friend, um, he and I partner on a lot of different things. Um, we've actually gotten to travel to a couple different countries together and, and do some trainings. Um, he put together the slides and things for this and, and the ideas and said, Michelle, just take it, run with it, go tell the people. So he says everything rises and falls on leadership. When it comes to meetings, this is, is definitely true. But I want to talk about what that leadership means. So leadership is really influence, okay? Your ability to influence. Now, if you are the leader and you have a position, right? You're, you have a title, you have a job that you're supposed to be leading this meeting. Of course, you should be having some influence, right? Although, how many of you know that that's not always the case? Sometimes you have a leader leading a meeting and it's part of their job description, like written on a piece of paper, but that's probably not something they should be doing, right? And sometimes you have somebody who doesn't have a position or a title, but they have a huge amount of influence, okay? So this is a particular area that I've grown accustomed to. I go to a lot of meetings because I do a lot of work with a lot of people, okay? Um, and one of the things that I found to be very helpful, because many of these times I'm not the leader of the meeting, ironic, I know. So I come into this, this meeting and I realize, okay, maybe, maybe the leader needs to take one of my classes, right? I don't have a position. I'm not the boss. So how can I influence during this meeting? Now, one of those ways is to ask really good questions, right? To, to kind of keep in mind this group and, and what is it that they're trying to do, right? So what's their mission? What's their vision? And sometimes, I, I got to be honest with you guys, sometimes I go into these meetings and they can be statewide meetings that are, are making decisions that impact a lot of people. And I'm, I'm, okay, I'll just be quite frank with you guys tonight. Those of you who know me, you know that's how, who I am anyway. So sometimes I go into these meetings and I'm, I'm kind of surprised at the uh, lack of awareness in the group. And sometimes I think that a train gets started down the track and you don't realize, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, back up. How is this gonna affect your people, right? How is this gonna affect your people out in the field? And so I find that my job, even though I'm not in charge of that meeting, my job is to be really aware and to uh, almost keep the leaders from hurting their people, okay? So I say that because you can have a lot of influence whether you're in charge of the meeting or whether you're not, okay? All right, so um, I'm gonna provide for you tonight an overview of four different types of meetings, okay? Um, we're gonna talk about the importance of having the right people at your meeting, because that's really, really important. Um, we're gonna talk about the compounding value of what's called shared thinking, and then we're gonna open it up for Q&A. You can ask all of your um, good, bad, and ugly meeting questions that you might have. Um, and as we go through too, 
as I'm preparing something for you here and, and offering it, um, go ahead and use the chat box. While I'm teaching, I'm not gonna be noticing the chat box, but I'd love for you to put your questions in there so that I make sure that I answer those, okay? Awesome. All right, so meeting structure is absolutely crucial. So there are four types of meetings and I wanna go through each one of these. Now the first type is what's called the daily check-in. Um, we're gonna spend the majority of our time in that one because that's the one I find that most teams are using. Um, and then I'll touch on the other three. So the daily check-in meeting, it could be daily, it could also be weekly. So really in essence, it's something that you're doing on a regular basis. And it really depends on the type of work that you're doing. So for example, I know on this call, we have um, those in the education field. You're probably not having a daily check-in meeting where we all get together and tell each other what we're doing, okay? Maybe a weekly, maybe a bi-weekly meeting that you're doing that. But I know we also have some entrepreneurs on this, on the, or small business owners on the call. And you're probably checking in with your team having some sort of a daily meeting, okay? So don't get hung up on the daily part of it, but I wanna tell you what would happen in that check-in meeting. Now, as I'm going through and I'm sharing this with you, um, go ahead and, and make sure that you're writing down the agenda that I'm gonna share with you, okay? Because that's gonna be really important. So I'm gonna share a few thoughts with you while you might, might be going and, and getting some paper and a pen, okay? Now, like I said, I have had the, the pleasure and the joy and, and the weirdness of attending hundreds of other people's meetings, right? So you thought your meeting at, at your job was a little rough. Sometimes going to somebody else's that's a, a toxic meeting is, that's a whole other ball game, okay? And I've seen the good, I've seen the bad, and I've seen the, the ugly. There's a couple things I wanna highlight for you from what I've seen. The, the failures that I've seen are having no agenda, okay? Having no agenda at all. Um, that's not good because people like to see where we're going, right? They need a map. Um, not having structure, that's not good either. You can't just show up and hope that something magically happens, right? That's not how life works. And then, uh, you know, uh, uh, several leaders in order to maybe fix those problems, what they've done is they've added too much to their agenda, right? And so there's absolutely no way that you can get that done. Now, somebody once told me that the psychology of it is that our work is never done. So if we put more on our agenda and we don't get through it, then everybody understands we still have work to do. While I understand that logic, subconsciously what that does is it implants the idea in your people's head, we will never get our work done, okay? So think about that. If, if you are, you know, it takes me back to my time with, with very young kids. My kids right now are, are 10, 13, and 15. You know, when they were really, really little, you know, those cyclical jobs that you do over and over and over, like feeding them, clothing them, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it gets old sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> um, but you get in trouble if you don't do them. So there you go. But you, you, I always had this sense of my job is just never done, right? And sometimes that can be frustrating. Also, um, you don't need everybody at all of your meetings, 
okay? So when we go through these four, we're gonna really talk about who needs to go into which meeting, okay? So the first type of meeting is the daily check-in. So um, this is the one that the majority of teams are using, although they might be abusing it. Um, so there's a structure here. Um, typically this type of meeting is between 45 minutes and 90 minutes long, okay? So again, if you're doing a daily check-in meeting and it's for an hour and a half, you're probably not in the education field, okay? Um, so it's very focused on issues, issues that need to be solved or issues that need to be touched regularly, okay? So um, the first part of that meeting is called uh, what I call the lightning round. So typically you have, you know, six to 12-ish people in your group and each person takes about 60 seconds to update the group on what they're doing. Now, one meeting that I was in, um, it was a, actually a Fortune 500 company, um, and they had this, what they called the dashboard system. So uh, they had a, on their whiteboard, it was basically a stoplight system. So um, red, yellow, and green. So green meant, I'm good, things are good, I'm glad I'm here. Yellow meant, I'm good, but I've got a few things that I need to share. And red meant, hey, listen, I'm not only taking my 60 seconds, but I'm gonna need more time, okay? Or I need some help. And so it was very easy to see, okay, how much time do we need to allot to different people and who needs to have more time versus somebody else? So you have your lightning round, 60 seconds, everybody's kind of saying, yep, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm doing, right? No big issues, you're not discussing anything, you're just reporting out, okay? Then the next part about it is where you are doing a progress review. So this might be the yellow light people. So um, they're gonna report on maybe a project that they're working on, or if you're working on writing a grant, you know, where are you at in that process? Um, if you need some updates of some sort, or maybe a question answered, right? It's still relatively quick. It should be about five to 10 minutes for, for each person. And not everybody's going to need to be able to, or going to need that support. Um, and then the next round, that's really what we call our real-time agenda. So this is stuff that's happening like right now. So think of it more of a, an emergency kind of basis. So you might have one, two, or maybe three people who are really needing help at this point of the meeting. Um, but this is where you have, uh, you know, somebody who is working on something and they're stalled, right? They're stuck. They can't move on. They either need the help of some other person or group of people, or they might need to know, hey guys, what's a, a tool that I need to help me move forward here? So in essence, this part of the meeting is where somebody comes and says, I have a problem, please help. Okay, then the group rallies around and says, what can we do to support this person? Okay, so you've got your lightning round where everybody reports for 60 seconds. You've got your progress review where maybe a handful of people report on something that they're working on. And then you've got your real-time agenda where people are just bringing their, their issues and getting support. Okay, 45 minutes to 90 minutes. So, question. How do your meetings compare to that? 
Anybody having a meeting like that on a regular basis? I'm not seeing any hands go up, <laughs> okay? So typically what you see is, is you come into a meeting and you might have an agenda on the, on the wall or the screen and you do some sort of icebreaker, right? Getting to know you type thing. You've got to, you know, play a game or something like that. Um, and maybe you'll do some updates and then, you know, before you know it, your time is gone, right? One key that I found in all successful teams is that when they have a meeting, there are no updates, okay? So let me preface that with what I just explained to you. That was an update of a, a project or program that's going on. That wasn't an update like, hey, HR changed this policy. Hey, you, you go take a picture for your new name badge, right? Those kinds of things should best be left in an email. Okay, so if you need to update your team and it's something rather simple, just keep it in an email, okay? Um, some of the teams that I'm working with, they're, they're actually not using email as much anymore. Um, if it needs to be a simple update, they're just sending texts, which I think is kind of cool. Um, one team that I know of, they actually created their own podcast. And so instead of having these meetings where they're updating their people all the time, they just created their own podcast channel for all of their employees and they have like a 10 minute podcast every week of, of announcements. I think that's pretty neat too. So take advantage of some tools uh, that, that you might not have used before. Okay. All right. So the next one is called a weekly tactical meeting. Now, again, you could do it weekly, monthly, but the tactical part of it is that you're actually getting something done, okay? So the intent of this meeting is that people would come in, and usually it's a smaller group of people, but you come into the meeting and when you leave, you either have a plan or you have a plan and the work done, okay? So look at it as a work meeting. Okay, I am becoming a, a bigger fan of this as we are in pandemic ages and people are still working at home. Um, I, I gotta tell you, I, I support a lot of education institutions and many of their annual grants are up like midnight tonight, right? And so the last several weeks have been a flurry of emails back and forth. And basically I, I just started saying, stop, I'm done. I'm not doing that anymore, no more emails. We are scheduling a Zoom. We're gonna take 20 to 30 minutes. We're gonna sit here with exactly what we need to do. And by the time this one Zoom is done, the work is done. Because that flurry of emails is just a little too much, okay? So tactical meetings are really great for small groups who need to get something done. So the only people that should be allowed in these meetings are the people that are needed to get the work done. Okay, I, I hope that that's clear. I, I, we might have a few, few questions about that one, okay? Typically what I see is, is leadership teams and support people are in these meetings, okay? Now the monthly strategic meetings are a little bit different. So these are strategic, so that means you're pretty much gonna have your leadership team that are gonna be doing that one. Um, it's more talking about, 
okay, where are we at as far as our metrics go, right? What are our numbers like? Are we staying uh, aligned to our mission and our vision? Okay, we've got this staff training coming up. How can we, you know, recognize our employees? That kind of thing. So it's, it's a little bit behind closed doors. You don't normally have all of your people in that kind of a meeting. It's really important to have that kind of a meeting though, because if you're just having a check-in meeting, if you're just having a tactical meeting, well, you might be getting the work done, but the strategic meeting is really the idea that you're, you're making sure that you're on the right mile markers, okay? So for example, if you have a, a goal, a mission, a vision, this is where we're going. I'll give you a great example for my business. Um, this year for, you know, when I made my goals in 2019, not knowing 2020, uh, my impact number, the number of people that I wanted to reach was about 10,000. Now, I knew it wasn't a stretch based on my numbers last year. So that, that's the number of people that attend my trainings, right? And I realized, about three or four weeks into the pandemic, I had already crossed that number. Amazing, right? So I'm averaging about 2,000 people a week that I'm, I'm touching. And that's awesome. I'm loving it. I really am. If all I'm doing is getting the work done, how do I know if I'm going in the right direction? See what I'm saying? Because I could be doing a lot of things and not really adding value to you all Okay, so the strategic meeting helps you stay in alignment with your goals. Now the quarterly review meetings, these are really important. Typically what I notice in teams is that they treat this as their annual meeting, right? Where you're, you're celebrating, this is what we did this year. Um, this is where we're going. Um, you know, this person is retiring, that kind of thing. But quarterly review meetings, I've seen done a couple different ways. So I wanna share that with you. So the first is that you could have just your leadership team there, right? You're doing all of these updates, this is what's happening. You could also have all of your people there. So your leadership team could all jump up and say, okay, this is what's happening in this department, this is what's happening in this department. You could do that too. Ultimately, what we would like to see is that the leadership is getting together and they are reporting out to their people, this is where we are now, this is where we're going, and this is the plan to get there, okay? Now, I think that during this COVID-19 time, there's a lot more creativity in how that can be done. Um, like I mentioned, the, the podcast, if you had a podcast, my goodness, you could just do that and, and it would be a little longer than your normal podcast. Um, I'm seeing a lot of leadership teams get on and do the report out, just like we talked about, on Zoom and recording it and then sending it to all of their, their staff, okay? So ultimately, it, you know, sometimes people will treat this as this is just the leadership team getting together when really you, you need to be communicating to your people because vision leaks, okay? Um, if you're not constantly putting the vision and the mission out there of what you do and how you do it, your people will forget, okay? So the quarterly review is a great place to remind them this is who we are and this is what we're about, right? Okay, so let's talk about who is at your table. 
people are crucial, okay? People at the table either maximize your time and results or they minimize it, okay? They're either adding value or they're subtracting it. So there's a few things to think about. Um, for those of you who are already in our Empowered Leaders membership group, you guys have already, you have access to three videos right now that talks about the five P's of designing a meeting and people is one of them. Uh, I just want you to, you guys to know that because you, you have extra stuff in there that we're not gonna cover tonight, okay? All right, so people. You want people who value other people. So here we're talking about their character, okay? I don't necessarily wanna talk right now about what is their job description. Are they on the leadership team or are they not? Um, are they being paid to be here at the meeting or are they not? Let's talk about character for a minute. One of the worst things, the worst feelings for me as somebody who goes into these meetings is when I can tell somebody at the table doesn't value people. They don't understand the value of people. Um, there's an energy that's created that just kind of steals the creative energy in the room. And I'm sure you've all noticed that, okay? So if, if you are the leader and you get to decide who's coming into your meeting, please make sure that the people coming into the meeting are actually adding value. And if you get to a point where somebody is not, well, then it becomes a, a totally different thing, okay? Um, I, I wish I had time tonight, but if I, if I did, I would talk to you about, you know, the magic question, which is how, how do you handle, you know, telling somebody, hey, you wanna keep your job? Yes or no, right? Uh, and sometimes we have people at the table in meetings that we just have to say, hey, do you, do you, do you really wanna be here? Yes or no, okay? So you want people who value people, um, another one, you want people who are emotionally secure, okay? So let me talk about that for a second. Sometimes when you're having discussions, I don't know, this is a wild and crazy idea, I'm sure, you might not agree with everybody. Does that ever happen to you? Do you ever have a discussion with somebody and you don't agree with them? If you do, raise your hand. Let me know I'm, I'm not the only one. Yes? Okay. Now, most people in the work relationship, they handle themselves pretty well in the meeting. However, their insecurity might go out of the room with them. So they're gonna take that person's comment and maybe they're, they're gonna internalize that, right? Ultimately, in order to have really highly successful meetings, we want emotionally secure and stable individuals. Now we all have a bad day, right? But if you get to pick your dream team of who's at the table, that's a, a key indicator, okay? Another one is, do they understand um, the idea of interactive leadership? So when you're having a meeting, especially when you're doing these meetings where you're getting stuff done, um, let's say I was the, the meeting leader, which is kind of what's happening now. Um, but I, as the leader, would be the facilitator of the conversation and we would all be making those decisions together. That's interactive leadership, as opposed to Michelle standing up like I am now and telling you, hey, this is what you're doing, right? Does that make sense? So you want somebody to understand we're all doing this together. So you have to speak up because your voice matters and you have to let others speak up because their voice matters too, 
Now there's three people that you need to be aware of, um, the champion, the influencer, and the key stakeholder, okay? So the, the champion is the person who typically is very loyal to the team. They're the one who is going to be the one that pretty much goes out and, and sells the, whatever your idea is in the group, right? So sometimes you can pull them aside ahead of time and just say, hey, you know, we're talking about this change. Can you help me with this conversation? Great. Now the second person is the influencer which you think might be a champion. However, the influencer is the person in the room who everybody listens to, okay? So have you ever been in a meeting before where there's a meeting leader, but somebody in the group has more influence on everybody else? Or perhaps, you know, you thought the meeting was great and then you leave and the influencer didn't agree with the meeting leader. So then they go and have all of these meeting after the meeting right? And they're kind of talking and, and, and they undo everything that was done in that meeting, okay? The influencer is the person you want to make sure is on your side. The champion is going to champion your cause no matter what. They're loyal. The influencer typically wants the best for the group. And if they don't buy into you as the leader or your vision, then they don't see the match of how this is going to help the group you're dead in the water, okay? So typically what I've done in the past with my own staff, realizing that there were a couple people, um, I know we went through a series of, of changes. Um, we had a different owner in the early childhood center where I was at. Um, uh, they wanted to change the curriculum. That's a really big deal. So for those of you not in education, changing a curriculum is not like changing your clothes. It takes seven years to get up to fidelity with your curriculum. It's a, it's, a, it's a big deal, okay? And so we were changing the curriculum and I knew this one person had a ton of influence on my team and they were not gonna be okay with it. So I had to pull them aside ahead of time and say, hey, listen, we're getting ready to make this change. No, we don't have a choice about it. How can we go about this so that our people are protected, so that we, you know, listen to them? And, and so the conversations I had with her before we got into the meeting where we announced it, that was gold. Because as soon as we got into the, the meeting, not only did I knew my champions would be fine with it because they're loyal, right? But because I had had the conversation with my influencer beforehand, she now held all the power. So she was able to go out and pretty much sell the idea. Come on guys, we can do this. Hey, this is how it's going to help us. Right. But if I didn't have that conversation before it would have been an uphill battle. Okay. Key stakeholders are really important. Um, when you're trying to make a decision, especially in a group, my key for making a decision is make the decision at the lowest level possible. Okay, so in education, you know, we just have these hierarchies, right? Um, and typically the decisions are made by people who are in rooms, usually um, at the Board of ed Education office, right? And th those decisions flow down. But really, I would love my, my teachers and my teaching assistants to be making as many decisions as possible. Sometimes that's not possible, right? I, I would love to have my parents come in and be making those decisions. Who holds the power, right? So you gotta back that up with who holds the power, either the deciding power or the money power. 
And who do I need to be sitting at this table when we make a decision? Okay, the key stakeholders. All right, so now I wanna talk a little bit about, I guess this is a, a skills of the people at the table. So the first one is your goal is to have diversity of thought. Diversity of thought, okay? Now, let, let me just clarify what this is because there's a lot of terms out there talking about diversity right now. And when I say of thought, I really mean of thought because you can have, let's say three to five people that all look differently, but they all think the same. That's not going to add any diversity to your group. So there is this thing called groupthink. If you stay around a group of people for any length of time and you don't have new people coming in or an outside influence, it's a natural, it, it just kind of happens that everybody begins to start thinking and acting alike. That's dangerous, okay? So you really do wanna have you know, diversity. So diversity of ages if possible, because the new you know, um, generations have different thoughts. Um, you want diversity of socioeconomic background if you can, because there's definitely different thoughts there. But you also want diversity of um, awareness, right? So, so again, that's a whole nother thing. If you want to know more about the awareness piece, um, at the end, I'll give you the link for our podcast and you can look up the, the seven levels of awareness. That's a great teaching. But in reality, what you wanna have is, is making sure that everybody is contributing a different thought to the group because that adds power to the group, okay? Typically what I notice is that either the leader is giving the idea and, and all the people are saying yes because they think that that's what they should do or the, the best idea wins, right? Or people look at the, the person with the best idea and they're like, oh my gosh, they're so smart, they're so amazing. And somehow they have power in the group. When in reality, the person with the best question is the one with the most power, okay? And the reason why I say that is because I can ask a question and each one of you can come up with an amazing idea. And as we're sharing those ideas, all of a sudden a brand new idea is gonna pop out right? And the impetus, the start of all of that was asking a really good question. So you want people in your room that are curious, right? So that person that's always asking questions all the time, um, maybe they're new to the job, right? Invite them into your leadership meeting because they're going to ask a ton of questions that you guys haven't thought of for a really long time, okay? And then again, you know, the leader is the facilitator. So you really want them to be talking way more than you are. When a leader talks, he learns nothing. Write that down. When a leader talks, he learns nothing. Okay. All right. So let's talk about shared thinking and then we'll transition here. John Maxwell wrote a book. Uh, it's a little tiny book. It's called How Successful People Think. I would highly recommend that one for you. Um, it's only got 11 short chapters in it, but it's amazing. So if you're wanting to take your thinking to the next level, definitely get that book. So he talks about shared thinking as um, basically 
if, if I come to the table with a certain amount of ideas and you come to the table with a certain amount of ideas and we're talking and we're having an interchange, all of a sudden it's what Napoleon Hill and Thinking Grow Rich calls the third brain. There's another idea that happens over here because we have common, we've shared our ideas. That's what shared thinking is. So not saying the leader has all the answers or the, this department head is the one that should make the decision. It's saying, how can we all come together and create this energy that brings new ideas that we've never had, okay? So realizing that, you know, this diversity of thought that we talked about, who has the best question, this interactive leadership, right? You're trying to create a certain level of energy that gets you the best idea that moves you forward. So on a scale of one to 10, if one is really low and 10 is, is perfect, where do you think the energy level is of the last meeting that you attended? It, and, and if you're on screen, go ahead and show me, show me on your, your fingers, one to 10. Where was the energy level of that last meeting that you attended? I, the last meeting I attended was this afternoon and it was of a, um, uh, a nonprofit board. Um, I'd say the, the energy was maybe a five. Um, they're, they're working on it. They're getting better. <laughs> um, but that leads me to my, to my last point and then we'll, we'll go to questions. When you're, especially in a nonprofit board, but generally in any meeting, when you're coming to the meeting, you're not representing yourself in that meeting. You're representing your people, okay? So there's this tendency that when you, you come, you, you bring your own opinion, right? And I think we should do this, and I think we should do that. When in reality, you're trying to get to know your people enough that you bring their voice into the room with you. So I have sat on boards before where personally I agreed with what they were saying. However, I knew some people that I worked with that that was not going to work for them. And so as I'm representing the people, I have to bring their voice into it as well and say, well, wait a minute, you know, let, let's see all perspectives of this, right? So that's something I find that a lot of leaders, number one, they don't, they're not quite aware of, but number two, they don't know how to instill that in their people. Listen, you're not here for you, you're here for us, right? Taking it from me to we, okay? All right, so there's a couple challenges you need to be aware of as far as the shared thinking goes. Different people have their favorite types of questions. Okay, some people are, what are we gonna do people? Some people are, why are we doing this people? Some people are like, hey, how is this gonna happen, right? Others are like, hey, who's gonna do the work? They have their favorite types of question, which really um, changes the focus of your conversation. So I'm just sharing that because it might not be something you're even aware of, but when you notice that pattern, you can see how when this person asks a question, all of a sudden the group talks about this over here, okay? So just be aware of that. Also, you've got your task-oriented folks who are all about let's get this job done, and they tend to run over people. You've got your people-oriented folks who are all about relationships, like let's just have fun, right? Let's do another icebreaker. And by the end of the time, you're like, hey man, we gotta get something done, right? 
You've also got your outgoing, kind of quick thinking folks, and you've got your contemplative processing folks, okay? All of these people are sitting at your table. So there's this understanding of, I'm, I'm just gonna come to the meeting, I'm gonna tell them what we need to do, and everybody's just gonna go away and do it. How's that working for you? Probably not so good, right? Because there's all of these variables that are really happening in the background. And when I come in to work with a meeting and do, um, you know, with a leader and do some meeting consultation, I spend three meetings where all I do is observe what's happening. So I want to know who is showing up to this meeting, not just, you know, which positions and things, but, you know, is this person an outgoing person, a people-oriented person? What kind of questions do they ask? What is the, the energy that's being created? Um, I also look at, okay, who throws the conversation off? Who asks really good questions? Those kinds of things. Once I do the observation of three good meetings, now I can start to help that leader understand patterns and, and habits, okay? All right. So that is the gist of what I'm going to share with you tonight. I'm going to go ahead and stop sharing my screen and open it up for Q&A. Let me get to the chat here, make sure I'm over here. All right. Um, okay, there's a couple questions in here. Uh, how do you handle gossip meetings? Okay, so there's, I'm going to take it from two different perspectives. If you're the leader and you notice that your people are heading into that gossip space, you are well within your bounds to say, well guys, that, that's not what we're gonna do, right? Um, one of the things that might be helpful is to, to go through and create what we call working agreements, um, where you get the group to, to decide what are the rules for us working together. Um, and if you know that in the past gossiping or that, you know, talking about each other has been an issue, then I would bring that up or better yet, I would find your champion that is going to be loyal to you and say, Hey, when we get to the working agreements, I want you to bring this one up. Okay. That's, that's ethical to do that. That's not manipulative. Okay. Um, and then from the standpoint of what if you're in a meeting and that's happening, you know, let's say somebody's next to you and they're trying to talk to you about that, right? It's well within your bounds to say, I don't know if that's so appropriate for what we're doing right now. And this is the value of having an agenda too, because I might point to the agenda and say, how does that help with our agenda right now? Okay, so you're really putting, you know, point to the agenda when you do it. How does that help for our agenda right now? So you're focusing on the agenda and not this exchange. Okay. Is that helpful, Miriam? Okay. How can you help your team move into interactive meetings? Okay. So first of all, by laying out the vision. When you're trying to change your, your meeting dynamics, just laying out the vision of where you want to go and why is typically very helpful. Um, explaining, you know, I think the, the interactive meeting might be more beneficial for us than me just telling you things. Um, and then just practicing. 
So I find that when you're trying to change a meeting dynamic, when you can practice with something that you don't have to, there's no um, attachment to, right? So let's say you wanna practice having a discussion about something very simple and, and non-meaningful, right? Um, so say, hey, we're gonna have a great discussion about options for what we're all gonna have for dinner tonight. Okay, there's no attachment to that at all, but you're practicing having the discussion um, when there's no decision to be made. Because when there is a decision to be made, typically there's a lot of attachment and feelings um, with that, and, and that can get in the way of your interactive leadership. Okay, is that helpful? Okay, what other questions might you have? You can unmute and, and ask a question or put it in the chat bar. Totally up to you. Michelle, if I don't yeah. freeze up because I've been having internet issues here. But as a leader, as an executive director for 16 plus years, yeah. as you know, I'm that C in the group. I'm more quiet. I'm more contemplative. And I listen, which I feel that as you said too, I mean, leaders need to listen and, and take everything in, but yet I was being, uh, I don't want to say labeled, but you know, deemed as not participatory and those kind of things. So how do you, how, how do you adjust for that? So I, that reminds me of one activity I did with a leadership team. There was about 15 of them because they're, um, they actually had like 500 employees under them. So the leadership team of 15, uh, and they had probably six or seven C's because they're engineers. So very much C-like, right? And uh, then they had, I don't know, five or six S's and the rest were D's. So it was a weird kind of dynamic anyway. Um, and for those of you who are not aware, we're talking about the DISC personality profile. Um, so anyway, we're, we're in this meeting and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. We have a lot of people who are sharing and we have a lot of people who are not sharing. And so we went through, I had um, note cards, I had pink and I had blue. And I said, those of you who have been sharing a lot today, you get a pink card. And they were like, yay, you know, I just won a prize. Those of you who haven't been sharing a lot, you get a blue card. Um, and I said, okay, for the next 20 minutes, the only people who can speak are the people with a blue card. The tone of the meeting changed. It became, uh, the talk was not quite as fast. Um, people weren't talking over each other. It was the, let me sit back, let me think about this, let me pause for a minute, ask a good question, then somebody else would, would think about that. You know, that, that um, speed got a little bit slower, but the power started to increase because people were focusing on their thinking and not their talking. So just having a conversation about personalities and how they show up in a meeting, uh, I think it was, Shoot, I'm gonna blank on her name now. That's gonna bug me. Okay, those of you who follow my work, get ready, because I'm sure there's gonna be a podcast in a couple days, because now I remembered that book. But she was talking, she, her field of study was going around to different cultures around the world and studying language. 
and the culture around language. And, you know, there are certain cultures such as the, the, the Latina cultures that they speak a little faster. Um, it's a very uh, communal culture and they um, tend to talk over each other. And there are other cultures such as over in Japan. They're also very highly communicable or what's the word? Communal. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Um, but they communicate very different. They tend to their pauses in conversation. So in the Latina culture, she found in her research, actually the pause was like, I don't know, half a second was the average. And in the Japanese culture, their pause was up to three minutes in a meeting. Can you imagine being in a meeting and somebody ask a question and everybody in the room is silent for three minutes? I did it in a meeting once for 30 seconds and I thought people would, would run out of the meeting screaming. Okay. And she, she told a story about how the, this Japanese businessman was very successful in what he was doing and an American company called him in to consult and her job was to kind of match make and make sure everything was going well. And so she followed up with them afterwards. And apparently what happened in the meeting was the people that were, you know, from the US just kept talking and talking and talking and waiting for him to jump in. Well, he comes from a culture that we don't wait to jump in, we wait to be acknowledged. And so he left thinking they must surely not need my help. And they left the meeting thinking he doesn't know anything. When in reality, it was just, oh, we're showing up differently to this meeting, but nobody thought to stop, pause, and say, hmm, how are you gonna show up to this meeting today? And that actually, Gail, might be a great activity for you to do with your group is to ask, how do you wanna show up in the meeting today? Do you wanna be somebody who contributes ideas? Do you wanna be somebody who asks questions? What's your goal gonna be for this meeting today? And have people actually share out their goal and then at the end, have them check in and say, did you reach your goal? What do you think of that? If, if they would be honest with themselves and with yeah. the team, yeah, yeah, that would work. And I, I think found that it wasn't with that team. So yeah. I'm not with that team anymore. It's a good okay. thing. Okay. <laughs> yep. And sometimes you just got to move on. Yep. <laughs> I, I have found too that, you know, for me as a person in general, working on skills, I love to go into any meeting asking myself, what skill am I going to work on today? So for example, if I'm going into a, a meeting, uh, a board meeting, I, I wanna ask great questions. Um, if I'm going into a meeting with some teachers that I know, maybe, maybe I wanna practice my, my pausing. So if somebody shares something and I wanna just pause before I answer, right? So you can always practice that yourself. And when you begin to do that, you can start to introduce that into your meeting and that might change the dynamics just a little bit too. Any other questions? Good evening, Michelle. Good evening. How are you and your family? Oh, hey, we're all right now relatively healthy and uninjured, so that's good. <laughs> good. Uh, my question is, um, when I conduct a meeting, I do have an agenda, but sometimes our meeting goes beyond, um, I might do a, a meeting from 10 to 11.30, but it seems to go over because maybe we'll get at one point of 
of the agenda and we might spend a lot of time on that where we still have to cover the rest of the agenda. Yeah. So how can I conduct a meeting where um, we have enough time within that time frame to cover everything? Yeah. So a couple things come to mind. One is just look at your agenda and what can you um, kind of push off to another format. So if you have an update part in your agenda, just say, hey, listen, remember your updates are coming to you by email. Or if you're in person, you can always have your updates printed on a piece of paper and just say, hey, listen, all your updates are right there. So you're saving that bit of time. Um, sometimes it works for a group to, at least just for a while, to have an agenda with uh, a time frame on it. So I'm not talking like 7 to 7.15, but actually putting the amount of minutes that you want to focus on it. So saying, we're only going to spend 20 minutes on this. And then pick a timekeeper. That's, that's their whole role for the meeting. And say, hey, listen, let us know when there's five minutes you know, that we have left so we can transition well. Um, also, front load your meeting with the things that are absolutely the most important. And that way, if you don't get to other things, you can always assign them to, to smaller groups of people and say, hey, listen, can you guys go and talk about blank, 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 and then report back to us? Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, because it's, we only have a few minutes left and I don't want to steal your time. I'm going to tell you a couple um, things about how you can stay connected with this work and learn some more. Uh, and then I'm going to stay on as long as you guys have questions. So if you have other questions, feel free. I, I will stay on till, well, I have a hard stop at nine, but I, I'll stay on that long if you want. Okay. Okay. So a couple things. Um, tonight after this zoom, you are going to get an email. In the email, of course, it's going to say thank you for being here because I really do appreciate each one of you who showed up tonight. And for being here, you are going to get a free gift. Uh, I put in there my, my one-hour teaching on time management success tips. So it's a one-hour video that tells you all about how I do all of the wonderful things that I do, how I'm productive. Um, and it's also got some downloadable tools that might be helpful for you. Oh, it's already arrived. Well, thank you, Gail, for saying that. So you've already got your free gift. Awesome. Now tomorrow you're going to get another email and tomorrow's email is going to give you an invitation to our empowered leaders membership group. So we have several members who are in the, in that group who are here tonight, Miriam and Gail for sure. Uh, and so what that group is, is it's a group of growing leaders who want to continue growing. And one of the four major topics that we talk about is design. So how do you come up with a vision and a mission? How do you strategically plan? How do you, like I said, we have three videos in there right now just on the five P's of design planning, right? Um, and so if that's something that you're interested in, that email will invite you into that group. Now, if you sign up for the Empowered Leaders membership group by midnight on June or July 3rd, I forgot, today's the last day of June. So uh, before Independence Day, for those of us in the US, if you sign up by midnight on July 3rd, I will give you free access into my seven day mindset challenge, okay? So I'm designing that to teach a lesson every single day on the mindset principles that have helped me deal with some really crazy pandemic stuff. I wish I had time to tell you the whole list. 
and how my business has actually done a complete 180 degree pivot. I used to be all in person and now I'm all online and I've actually tripled my income already for the year. Um, and so I'm going to share with you some mindset principles that really help me keep going in the midst of some, some chaos and crazy. So if you sign up by, by midnight, July 3rd, you will have access to that. And yes, for those of you who are already in the empowered leaders group, because you guys came tonight, I will give you access to that too. Yes. You guys know if you, if you show up and, and you put the time in, you always get rewarded for it. So there's that. Um, just checking my notes, making sure I got everything. Looks like I got everything. So if you have any questions or anything about signing up for that or, um, what to do with that, um, you can for sure reach out to me. Um, yeah, so that, that's all I have. Eight o'clock on the nose. Look at that. So that's all I have for you guys formally. I just thank you so much. I never take it lightly when people choose to spend time with me and, and in my work. So thank you so much. I hope it added a tremendous amount of value to you. So feel free to, you know, as I always say, um, I release you into the wild go forth and prosper, have an amazing night, and, and I'll catch you next time. So if you need to leave, go ahead. If you want to stay and, and chat, I'm, I'm good with that too. Before I forget, uh, my assistant director uh, wanted to be on this call, but uh, she was uh, otherwise zoomed out. Yes. <laughs> and she wanted to know if you had a recording and if she could hear it at a later date. Sure. Actually, what I, when um, I was putting all of this together, I had so many people who, um, especially in the education world, they were, they treat deadlines a little differently than I do. If your deadline is, is June 30th, my deadline is June 25th. Okay. Mm -hmm. But not everybody looks at it that way. So they were all busy getting all of their, their stuff done for their grants tonight. So they couldn't come. So my goal is to put the recording into the podcast and have that available by tomorrow. Okay. Do, Miriam, are you connected to our podcast? The, the green thing that I listen while I walk? Uh, so it's the podcast title is Change Your Thinking, Change yeah. Your Life. Yeah. yeah. You walk so, with me every day. Perfect. So I'll have that on tomorrow. So you can shoot her that link. Okay. Perfect. I'll hand her my phone and say, push, to, push that button. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, thank you for all of your lovely comments there. I appreciate that. How's that walk working for me, Gail? Well, the walk, yeah. So I'm, I start PT again tomorrow. Um, I, for those of you who don't know, I had hip surgery in December. They were gonna fix three things. They ended up fixing six. Uh, it was supposed to be done and healed in 12 weeks and now it's been six months. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Every day it's a little bit better. So yeah. I was actually referencing Miriam's comment that you walk with her every day. <laughs> well, if I could only count that, that would be great. That would be great. Extra exercise. <laughs> Don't you feel it in your legs? I do that all the time too. If I go on a walk, I make sure I, I'm listening to usually a teaching video or something like that. Um, really helps me think. Awesome. What other, what other thoughts or questions do you have? Yeah. Or do you guys just want to sit here and stare at each other? I'm good with that too. 
question when you have a a, a non-paid board what yes. do you call it? volunteer board yep how do you keep things from turning overly casual or I think it, it really needs, you, you need the structure. That the structure is there. The piece of paper is coming, the agenda yeah. is printed, and... But who is enforcing the structure? It depends on the year. Yeah. So, so you, when you're looking for people, um, especially sitting on nonprofit boards, when you're looking for the right people, that's why I try to include... Um, not just a skill set, but also a thinking type and a character example, because you're looking for the right person. So I've been, you know, in groups before where they're talking about, you know, how do we increase our diversity? And the only, the only measure of their diversity is what we look like. And I said that, that that's not diversity, right? That, that we all look different do we have this the same or different experiences do we have the same or different skill sets do we think alike or not right and i so you always want somebody on your board that's going to be keeping the group moving forward and typically sometimes what i'll do actually when i go into a group is i'll, I'll say all right here's all of our roles so this person today is going to be the timekeeper this person today is going to be the one that you know uh, points people back to the agenda. Um, I'll have roles for them and then they will rotate. So the next meeting you pick a different role and we find out, okay, who's better at which role and you should stick with that one. That might help. Okay. So preschool jobs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it just makes people think, you know, there, there's an extra structure there, like, oh, this is my job today. I mean, think about that. Do you ever go into a meeting and you say, okay, this is my job in this meeting today? You might, but most people don't. They just know I've got, my body has to be in this meeting. Is your body and your brain in the meeting? Because it better be. It's my it, time. You, you would think, right? But you know, if, if I'm looking across the table and somebody is clearly not engaged in what we're talking about, their body is here, but their brain is not. And, and many people don't see a problem with that. Well, I'm here. Well, no, but you're not. Your body is. And so giving them a task to focus on is usually a good bet that, that they'll become a little bit more engaged. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, I have another private question here. Um, asking about how do you end a meeting well? Well, all right, is that a hint? Uh, <laughs> so the one, you can do it one of many ways. Um, some people are just abrupt. They're like, hey, time's done, you know, move on. I like to do a, a capture. So the last 10 or 15 minutes, depending on how many people are in your meeting, I want to sit, go around and like each, each person, 60 seconds, tell me what is something that you learned about yourself in this meeting? Because 
when, when you have to pay attention enough, and of course this takes a little bit of training when you first start it, but when you have to pay attention enough to learn something about yourself, now you're doing some inner self-reflecting as the meeting is going on, so you're a little bit more engaged. I also like to ask, what is one thing you're going to do because of this meeting? So what's your next action step? And then the third one that I've been including a lot lately, the last couple of years is, who do you need to connect with? So as you're moving forward, maybe it's somebody that you sat next to for the first time and you're like, oh man, I don't really know this person. Maybe you need to go and have, you know, coffee on a break. Or maybe it's somebody that they spoke up about something in the meeting and you're like, I want to connect with them about that idea. Or perhaps it's somebody that, that you know, okay, I'm, I'm working on this action step right here and they can help me. So in reality, what I'm trying to do is get them to be more self-aware, create an action step and get more connected with each other. That's a great way to end a meeting. And then when everybody leaves the meeting, they're in a different energy. You know, it's, it's more of a productive, positive thing. Um, and then, you know, I didn't even talk about this, but the, the meeting after the meeting, I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I, I have a podcast episode on it. I won't go too much into it, but this idea that we just had a meeting and we're all interacting and throwing out ideas and we're, you know, we're, we're having this interaction together. And then we leave the meeting and somebody pulls me aside in the hallway and says, Hey, I have this thought. I didn't want to share it in the group, right? And it's like, oh, but you need to. You need to share that in the group. Or they pull me aside and say, yeah, this idea is never going to work because of X, Y, and Z. Well, maybe the group needed to know that, but you didn't, you didn't speak up in the meeting. And so, you know, that meeting after the meeting is very dangerous. So one thing I always say is, listen, next meeting, you are going to be the first one to talk because that, you know, it really getting them to understand your voice is important. I don't care what you have to say, your voice is important and it could add value to this group, whether you agree with everybody or not. It's really kind of this way of, of teaching people, using a meeting to teach people how to be better humans. And, and that's why I love working with, especially young leaders who are leading meetings for the first time because they don't know how to do it anyway. So you can kind of train them up from the, the beginning to do it really well. Um, and we're seeing some of our young leaders get promotions faster because if you can lead a meeting really well and get decisions done, that's a superpower, right? Not a lot of people have that superpower. And so, you know, if you have young leaders that are working under you, mentor them as you're learning and, and practicing these principles to lead really good meetings, mentor them, bring them alongside you, explain what you're doing and why so that, that they can develop that power too. All right. Anything else? Okay, I'm, I'm not seeing anybody say they have another question. So I am going to go ahead and call this done. Thank you so much for showing up tonight, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, and for those of you who want to give this to your friends, I'll make sure it's on our podcast tomorrow. Our podcast is, um, look it up anywhere you can find podcasts. We just 
just this morning we crossed the 23,000 listener mark, which is awesome. And I think we're 49 countries now, um, just a year old. So that, that's amazing. Um, so you can look it up. The, the title is Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. Uh, and I'll have this, actually, I'll probably try to download it tonight. So thanks, guys. Thanks. Have an excellent evening. Bye. Bye.